The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll some level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Maranci. All right, we got some late-night action going on here right now. This is a good thing about Australia. Uh, Davodvich, what's his name? Davidvich, Davidvich, and uh, Felix OJ Assimile. <laughs> Just that Ali Asim. Ali Asim. Ali Asim. He's Canadian. Come on now. Ali Asim. Yeah, I know, but hey, it's like Ali Asim. There we go. Ali Asim. Ali Asim. Yeah, you have a player. It should be Ali Asim. Ali Asim. Felix Ali Asim. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. These guys, all these, you know. So, anyways, we have him. I know that. We got him in the parlay. He's up one set to none, but he's in a tiebreaker right now. 4 4. 6 6 4 4. All right. We've got Dimitrioff. Dimitrioff is up one set right now. And uh, they're they're off and running. And then we got Medvedev coming up here a little bit later on. I guess that's at like 3. When's this? When's this? Like 3 in the morning? Oh, th- yeah. That one's really should, should late. That one's really late. I guess I that's like the main event. Those three what, the parlor? Yeah, yeah, that's a parlay. We, we, uh, we got two of them. We, got we two hit of them. the tennis parlay last night, Matthias. Yeah, we're on the tennis yeah. train now. Yeah. But you like this? You you endorse the pick? Yes, it's a I parlay. Do. That's a, those are nice picks. I definitely endorse them. And obviously Medvedev at the end. That's some you know, that's a that should be a sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> it be. Nothing's a sure thing. Nothing. Every lock has a key. Yeah, Every lock has key, but Medvedev is pretty damn good, and he's consistent as hell. He's one of the best players in the world right now. All right, so um, yeah, he's, he is. He's very good. Yep. Yeah. We haven't had uh, tomorrow night. We what do we got? We got a full slate of hockey uh, tomorrow night as well. Yep. Washington Capitals, Boston Bruins, Columbus Blue Jackets at Philadelphia, Dallas at Buffalo. Here's a chance for you to bet on Buffalo tomorrow, plus one fifty. Ottawa, at Pittsburgh. Winnipeg at Nashville. Florida Panthers at the Edmonton Oilers. Things are getting hostile at Edmonton right now. Oh, Oilers, uh, plus 138. Oh, no, what? Plus 138. That's not good. I don't know, man. After they did all that stuff, uh, Calgary already beat Florida. They might not be in a good mood. Like, Edmonton has no luck. Like, you wish you wish Florida beat Calgary, Calgary beat them. So, oh, my God, the Oilers. What a train wreck. That's How about this? What do you think, Babano? Montreal Canadiens getting plus two and a half against the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow. They showed life the other night against Dallas. They gave them credit. And that was the best game I've seen Samuel Montembeau play all year. That was by far his best game. And he's uh, he's obviously had a tough season. But, uh, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that even though they're bottom feeder, the effort is there. Pizzetta. You know, some of these other guys, Paling, Ryan Paling's been a bright light for them lately as well, scored some goals. They're trying still, and they're starting to get a little healthier. So I don't hate it. You know, obviously they're playing a good Vegas team, and Vegas is coming off blowing a lead to Pittsburgh. That does bother me. Vegas may not look past Montreal. They blew a big lead to Pittsburgh the other night and lost. So I think you get the Golden Knights' best effort, but Montreal's been scrappy. So I don't, don't forget two and a half. Montreal beat them in the playoffs. They wouldn't, they wouldn't mind beating them up. We got a battle of the sea tomorrow, too. The Sharks versus the Kraken. Oh, boy. 
Oh yeah, that's me, G. This is Fortridge. I am Ramsey. We're far from done. We got the big E, Eric Cohen, stepping up and in. We're throwing it down. The Mightier 1090. ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Uh, breaking news. The Lakers suck. All right? The Lakers suck. And uh, they actually lose tonight to the Pacers. An absolute disgraceful performance in the fourth quarter this evening. And a lot of talk about Frank Vogel being on the hot seat. Well, it might be an electric chair uh, right now. And I don't even think Vogel is to blame for all the Lakers' woes. Uh, but you know what? Life is unfair. It is what it is. The road to hell was paved uh, with good intentions. All right, we got the Raging Red and Cam Stewart. Just for a couple more moments, me and Babana will get into some NFL football uh, after Cam. Um, your thought on the NFL right now and how you feeling midweek about these games? Yeah, I'm, I'm still looking at the dogs. I, I, I really think Cincinnati can hang with uh, Tennessee. I like what Bovey was talking about, the over when that in that game as well. Um, I might be on an island here with San Francisco. I think they can play with Green Bay. I like the Buffalo Bills on the money line. They'll take the points as well. And uh, the Rams. I like every single underdog, Gabe, but that's not, nothing new. But I really believe underdogs will go like 3-1. and one or I think it's going to be a big weekend for the dogs. And I know around this time of the year, usually the favorites come in there and, and smack them down. But uh, I think all these underdogs have a chance. I think that, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm thinking it's two and two, personally. Two and two. Every every underdog's a dangerous uh, way to go, I think. Cincinnati can. The, the injuries to their defensive line is going to be a massive problem. It's a problem. It is a problem. And I think San Fran can play with Green Bay, though. Like, I, I, I'll wait. That line's going to be six and a half, seven by game time, though. If you like the Niners, wait. It's not going down in the other direction, I don't think. It's getting out of hand. The point spread is, it's a lot of points to be laying, but Matt LaFleur, 9-0 and straight up, 9-0 and against the spread, uh, coming off a loss. In fact, he's never lost consecutive games uh, before. And as far as San Francisco is concerned, um, teams that win as an underdog in the wild card round are 1-14 straight up. The last 15 teams. Oh boy! Yeah, That's teams that win on the win as a wild, you win in the wild card as an underdog. The last 15 teams to do that, only one of them won the following week. I'm just talking about outright wins, but point wow. spread wise, it ain't pretty either. The Razor Redhead Cam Store. We'll see you tomorrow, Cam. You got it, kid. Papano returns next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. All right, you know what? I don't know why I'm going to do this. We've had a good night tonight. The last thing I need to do is jump into this Australian Open stuff in the overnight hours. But what's the over-under with total games in this um, Devolvich and uh, Elisa May uh, match? Elisa May. Every one of this guy's games, they're always like they they, they go on forever. All right. There's going to as we've already seen here, 7-6 seven, in, in, you know, 7-6, seven, 7-6 six, seven, six in the first two. So I sort of missed the value. I should have bet that earlier. Let's see. Let me get total games, exact total games. God, tennis is annoying. There's too many uh, 
some million options here. Here we go. 48 and a half. Now, I'm going over 48 and a half. And it's in. Over 48 and a half. Some Australian Open action in late night hours. All right, we got Ian Cameron kicking it with us. I am Renzi. Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to the mighty 1090 ESPN Radio, Sports Map, Sports Byline, and everybody else in between. So, uh, Babano, um, countdown to kickoff is on. As a Bills fan, it's sort of been a long week in a way. But the week's actually cruising along here, man. It's already Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. Boom. And the games are on Saturday afternoon, so we're not all that far off right now. So the Cincinnati Bengals, guys, never won a road playoff game before in franchise history. Mike Vrabel, 4-0, straight up and against the spread, coming off a bye, average winning margin of 20.5 points. Tennessee had playoff experience. They have Derrick Henry coming back, and they were effective without Derrick Henry, actually, anyways. What's your opinion on the game now that we're in mid midweek here, Babano, on the Bengals and the Titans at three and a half? Yeah, I'm right now probably looking at Tennessee. Um, I've taken Tennessee a few times down the stretch. Um, it's got that flavor of the week feel for Cincinnati. As much as I like them and I like Burrow, a lot of people just singing their praises now. And the defensive line injuries, I think you've touched on it briefly with Cam and, and me in the last segment, they're significant. You're talking about Trey Hendrickson, talking about Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, these are two centerpieces of that defensive front that both got hurt last week against the Raiders. And Ogunjobi definitely is not going to play. And even Hendrickson, it's dicey at best. And if he does play, will he be 100%? And now you got to face Derrick Henry returning, running the football. Although I do want to throw one thing out there. People talk about Derrick Henry, how great it is to have him back. I'll throw a stat out to you. Derrick Henry, 4.3 yards per carry this year. Donta Foreman, the guy who basically got all the reps without Henry, 4.3 yards per carry. <laughs> you know, so same thing. I mean, yeah, to me, it was in more the big picture. In, 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 in the big picture, you want Henry. But, no, you're right. And I think Tennessee, you saw that. Look, here's the number, too, about The Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry rushed for 147.6 uh, yards per game. And in nine games without Henry, they rushed for 135.8 yards. A difference of 11.8. So I'm not not to diminish Derrick Henry's impact, right? He's an amazing player. But, yeah. like you just said, the fact is, like, it was a minimal difference. It's really about the wide receivers, if they have the healthy wide receivers, right? A.J. Brown, like, Derrick Henry's a stud, but so was A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, and A.J. Brown's going to be interesting because who's going to step up besides him? Is it going to be Westbrook Akini? Uh, is, is it going to be, you know, Julio Jones, who's kind of had a, let's be honest, not a great season. And he's, again, had injuries throughout the year as well. Who's it going to be for Tennessee? Because the one thing about Cincinnati's secondary is, you know, they're pretty solid there. And they can shut down, you know, the Raiders receivers didn't do, uh, didn't have a huge game, you know, last week against them. Who's going to step up if, you know, A.J. Brown gets all the coverage uh, sent toward his side of the field? You know, that's going to be a big question. And, you know, the tight end spot's not great by any stretch of the name. Ferkser's all right. But, you know, there's going to be some issues with Tennessee's passing game because I think that secondary played well for the Bengals last week. They've got to be able to run it, but I think they will. And that's the way they want to move the ball. Vrabel always wants to be a run-first offense. I think they will be able to do that with the defensive line injuries. I think they're going to find a way probably to get a win, get a cover here. Three and a half's the number. I'll lay it. Uh, and it's you know I think Cincinnati's defense is also in for a rude awakening. And look, Cincinnati is going to face a team that doesn't blitz much. Tennessee can get pressure with four. They don't, and that's the reason why they don't blitz very much. They've been able to consistently get a pass rush without having to blitz. And actually, it's the blitzing teams that Joe Burrow really burns throwing the football. Well, Tennessee's not going to do that a whole lot. So I wonder now if the pass rush is good. They're going to trust their coverage down the field against Chase and company. It's a tricky matchup here going on the road against Tennessee here. And Tennessee's been in the playoffs a lot the last couple of years. A lot of experience for these guys. You know, as much as I've been liking what I've seen out of Cincinnati, I think it's just a little bit to ask. I think if their defensive line was intact, Gabe, I think they've got a better chance here with the injuries that they've got there against this powerful ground attack. You know it's going to be run-oriented. I think it might be asking a bit too much for the Bengals to go to Music City and win. So I'm going to look to Tennessee here. The Tennessee Titans don't beat themselves, right? They don't make mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves, and eventually you will make a mistake, and they're going to take advantage of it. 
They'll physically punish you and wear you out over the course of three, three and a half hours out there. And they're like a boxer. They'll set you up, right? They'll set you up. They'll set you up. And then they just look to knock you out uh, later as the, as the game goes on. You talk about their experience. I like the experience uh, that they have with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's won Super Bowls before as a player. Mike Vrabel's been a successful head coach in the National Football League. And he's coaching the playoffs a lot. And now Tannehill's got quite a bit of playoff experience as well. Something that's interesting, Tannehill's never been a favorite before in the playoffs. The Titans have always been underdogs all the time, right? No one ever believes in them. Oh, at the Ravens, at the Patriots, at this, at the Chiefs. You know what I mean? So they're always they've been underdogs. So Ryan Tannehill's playoff record is 2-2 two and two straight up and 2-2 um, and, two and two against the spread. He's been an underdog all four times Joe Burrow's played in just one playoff game but I'm with you it's a good I thought you you, you termed it well earlier but Ben when you said the Bengals are kind of the flavor of the week right like you know and people saw them and they're trendy and I get this and that and I was on them last and week. Joe Burrow smoking cigars after the game last week again and the, you know it just kind of got that you know feel to it like maybe we're just getting a little too excited about the Bengals right now yeah but there's there's a process to this stuff Right there's there's a process and um, you know you remember look at Andrew Luck, you got Josh Allen, you look at all these teams guys. Mahomes was kind of an exception; they just stormed out of the gate. But, but you know you got to make the playoffs, win a game, then lose, then win two games, then lose, make it to the conference championship game. Look at the even Aaron Rodgers, the process that he's gone through to get back here. Uh, I, I got a lot of respect for Cincinnati, but you know it's it's just tough. So. We talk. We'll get back to the San Francisco. I got a San Francisco trend, but man, it's not good. I brought it up earlier, but as far as um, just teams that go like the division round, man, the home teams get it done. So how about this, road teams, you know, coming off a wild card, um, straight up NATS win, are 53-69 and two in the divisional round, like the following week. Like they basically, like you know, what I mean, teams will win one week and then boom. They get punched in the mouth the next. And people always remember what they saw last. We haven't seen the Titans play in a while, Babano, so people are buying into the Bengals. But I agree. I've, said, I've been saying it. I think the Titans are just going to wear them out. I don't think they're going to kill them. I don't think they're going to smoke them. But no. Burrow, another thing, Burrow isn't perfect. Like, he's still a kid. Like, you know, he's a young coach. He's not a kid. He's 24. But he can still make a mistake or two along the way. And I think that's what will happen. I think Tennessee will be up. Cincinnati will be within, you know, down by six or down by eight or something. And Cincinnati has the ball. So I just, for me, the best way of putting it, I think it'll be like the Raider-Bengal game, except this time the Bengals are the Raiders. They'll be the ones that yeah. are sort of always a touchdown down, but kind of hanging around. But in the end, it'll fall apart, you know? Just fall short. I agree. And Tennessee's got a nice little resume of home wins this year. You know, they've got a home win against the Bills, home win against the Chiefs. Oh, it's a tough so place to play. crap out of the Chiefs, I remember, uh, in that game. And San Francisco on that Thursday night, right before Christmas, another playoff-bound team. So they've got three really nice home wins against playoff teams, Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco. And they've been very good at home all year. So I just think they'll squeeze out the win and cover by, like, seven in that kind of margin. And you know, but man, look, Nashville, the Predators, we'll talk about it in a second. Predators have a great home ice, like, um, like the fans are nuts. Like, it's a great sports town. Like, they're loud as hell in that stadium. Trust me, as a Bills fan, it's annoying as hell. I hate that place. I want Cincinnati to knock them off because of that, but I don't think they will. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the bullpen, Derek. Hello. Hi. Derek, uh, this indoor soccer is a new sport. Could you tell us something about it? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's soccer played indoors, like in a hockey ring. Sort of soccer hockey. <laughs> Boy, that's an interesting combination. Well, what are the rules? I don't know, really. <laughs> I don't care. I see. How does your team look? Uh, mostly Venezuelan. Great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am RNC. Throwing it down. Countdown to the Super Bowl uh, is on. We're looking forward to it. We're going to be... Uh, we're going to be in Los Angeles all week long on uh, Media Row, breaking it down. A lot of our regular guests are going to be in person uh, with us. It's going to be cool. And um, I don't know about going to the game, though. We don't know about going to the game, and especially considering the ticket prices right now uh, to the game. We don't have a press pass for the game. Uh, we just got it uh, for, for Media Row, right? Because we're actually on the air on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm supposed to be on the air that day. Yet, if the Buffalo Bills made it, we'll see. I don't know, though, if I'm actually any, you know, if I wanted, if I'm good luck for them. They got If they made it to the Super Bowl without me, I don't think I should go. <laughs> like, if I made it, like, if I already went to a game this year and I was part of it, you know, I don't, I don't want to, like, go and, like, somehow, like, uh, mush them along the way. And also, Babano, Super Bowl ticket prices right now, $7,000. $7,000. Let's see. Let's get, let's get the, uh, the updated price here. I said the prices will come down, and they will, but they wouldn't have, like, overnight yet. But we got a lot of feedback from the parking 1200 bucks to park at Hollywood Park. <laughs> 1200 bucks. That, that, that's good. That's good. All right. So, Ian Cameron, kick it was. Countdown to kickoff is on. Green Bay, as I stated, Matt LaFleur, 9-0. and 9-0 and off of a loss. He's never lost, never lost uh, consecutive games uh, before. And they've covered every time. And I get it. Cam was talking about it earlier about San Francisco, and I've been I've been on San Francisco quite a bit recently as well. But it doesn't mean you know at some point, guys, it doesn't mean you've been if you've been taking a team a lot, it doesn't mean you got to take them till you die, right? And if you're smart, you know the smart guy knows when to zig, you know when to zag, etc. This could be the time to get off of San Francisco, but Babano, the point spread is high. Like it is, it is getting out of control right now because everyone's concerned about the health issues of the San Francisco 49ers. But it's nearly a touchdown now. It is a lot of points to lay. I understand the trepidation of people not wanting to lay the six with the Packers, but I think the Packers will advance. Yeah, I mean that's um, and San Francisco got good. I still lean San Francisco in this game. I do. I think I said that on Sunday when uh, we talked briefly about the opening line. So the San Francisco getting points kind of appealing to me. I know it's situationally an edge for Green Bay. The rest, the number one seed, Lambeau Field, Saturday night, and you got San Francisco. You know, how are they going to react to the cold? I get all of that. But San Francisco got a very, very good bit of news with their practice report today, their injury report. They were banged up on defense coming out of that Dallas game. Nick Bosa left the game with a concussion. Jordan Willis, another defensive lineman, got hurt. The great linebacker, Fred Warner, left the game. Uh, Ambry Thomas, a very good young cornerback, who actually got the interception on Stafford you know, to end that game that put the Niners in the playoffs. He was on the injury report, too. All of those guys were at practice, at least in a limited uh, participation category on Wednesday. So that's a good sign. It means all of those guys are trending toward being available and playing on Saturday, which is good because San Francisco's run defense is good. I think they're going to have to, they're going to force and Bose obviously is going to be critical in this game in particular, because how are you going to beat Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Having a good pass rush would be a good thing to start with. And Bose is a big part of that. 
Uh, they're finally going to have Bakhtiari uh, Green Bay, and that's another thing about the bye week. It got him a chance to maybe get even more healthy for this game, so that's going to help. But if the Niners have Bosa, they might be able to get a little bit of pressure. They're going to have to because as much as Ambry Thomas, I mentioned how he's played, still a Niners secondary where how are they going to contain Devontae Adams and the other receivers if Rodgers has time? I do get concerned with that, but I actually think San Francisco can run the football with a great deal of success against Green Bay. I still have concerns about that run defense. What Kyle Shanahan's doing right now, using Debo Samuel, longtime receiver now as a hybrid running back, it's a stroke of genius because it's working, and he's got running back skills. He's clearly shown that uh, in recent weeks. And that Packers run defense, it's going to get tested. And San Francisco had to run the ball against Dallas. They were able to get chunk plays. And Green Bay's run defense late in the season started to show those same cracks in the armor that they have in years past. That bothers me. And now with the spread, you know, inching up in the six, six and a half range like it is, that's a lot. You're talking about almost giving the Niners a full possession here where they're going to want to shorten the game, run the football, less possessions. It's just, I think, with them getting healthy now, and it's looking like their defense, a lot of the guys we were worried about playing in this game are trending toward playing. It's, becoming, it's making the Niners, at least for me, a more appealing side in this game. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano, throwing it down uh, with us on the Wicked Wednesday. So, uh, Bano, it's easy to forget, actually. Last week, last week, guys, if you recall, all the games were rematches except for one of them. And this game feels, I don't know, it was so long ago, it's easy to forget, but Green Bay uh, Green Bay beat San Francisco 30-28, to 28, right? So uh, earlier this season. So it was a close football game. And I want to and, mention something briefly, Gabe, about that line. It was three and a half. San Francisco favored in that game. They were minus three and a half in that yeah, game. Yeah, a lot has changed. And now changed. they're getting almost a touchdown in this game. Look at the swing and the point spread. That's why I think there's some value on that Niners team on Saturday. And you know what? A lot has changed too. Something that had been interesting storyline coming into this game is the, I guess, the reported bad blood or little like turmoil or feud between between Shanahan and Lafleur, right? And these these guys were buddies before, and there's no disputing. This is why it makes it interesting too. Because what do you think of the total battle? It's it's crazy. So they played. They they racked up a bunch of points in this game. But they both know each other very well, right? Like Lafleur, basically, I guess you know I was reading that you know Shanahan basically thinks that Lafleur stolen all of his stuff, basically, and Lafleur's taken some stuff and he's kind of tweaked it. And but the thing is, they know each other, right? So, and and what happened was too, they they are buddies, but I guess San Francisco reached out to Aaron Rodgers, like in this past off season about playing for the 49ers when Rodgers was doing his little drama act there. And since they were buddies, they were pissed. Almost like, you know, what, you hitting on my girlfriend or something? Like, and I guess since then, then, like, other stuff came up after. But I guess they're not talking. Like, there is – so there's a little feud here. But from a coaching perspective, they do know each other very well. Thing is, Jimmy G, they've been getting by with him, man. Listen, it's, it's a lot of points. I get it. And that back door will be swinging wide open all the time, right? When you're, you're getting yep. six, you know what I mean? Hey, you're down by 12. Hey, you scored a touchdown. I get it. It's a lot of points to lay. But as I stated, Cleveland I don't think Green Bay lose. Bay on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. But this is different. It's the playoffs now. And Rodgers lost to the Niners the last three freaking times in the playoffs. But, man, this is a massive, like, he's yep. got to win this game. He's got to win. He's, he's, he's got to win this game. What do you think about the total of the game? You think it's higher scoring or lower scoring? I think San Francisco has some offensive advantages. I think Green Bay could too. If like if Bosa doesn't get the pass rush going, Rodgers will make plays because that secondary can still be susceptible. But it's 47. It's going to be pretty cold. The Niners are real, and we saw it against Dallas. It's why that game stayed under the total. They're draining this play clock. They're methodical. They're a oh, that's right. You offense. said you're never betting another seven. niner total <laughs> when you lost. Yeah, it was seven. not a not a niner over. I'm I'm hesitant on it because they just like seven, eight, nine minute drives. You know, it happened multiple times in that game against Dallas. One possession on offense for them lasted eight minutes, multiple times uh, in that game, like taking a whole half of the quarter. Yeah, but that's against uh, Dallas. It's a little different. It's a little yeah. different. Like, I get it. No, I, I know what you mean. I know. But look, I'll tell you. The last three times they played Babano, 
the last three times they played, and this group, these coaches, staff, and all these players, it's gone over every time. San Francisco yep. beat them 37-20. Green Bay beat them 34-17. And Green Bay beat them 30-28. So they have, like, they have put up points, you know, this this in, in this little mini rivalry uh, that they have right now. But I hear what you're saying about the, 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 the ground game of San Francisco and eating up the clock, because you're right. They're going to want to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. But conversely, on the other side, Green Bay can run the ball, too, and that can chew the clock up. Right, I don't have a strong, you know, I lean towards the over Babano. I don't really buy into the cold stopping anything. Look at the Bills game; it was freezing cold. The Bills scored a million points. They scored every time they touched the ball. <laughs> right, it was cold. Yeah, they did. Uh, you know what I'm saying? This so looks I, like, by the way, I lean with the over. Games. I lean with the over. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I don't want the under, but after last week, I'm a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger again on a San Francisco game over but I'd still take the over before the under. I think this is a game where George Kittle is back in prominence for the Niners as well. Green Bay's issues defensively, they're very good in terms of, you know, outside on the perimeter, especially with Alexander back. They do struggle to stop. I think running the football and over the middle of the field in the passing game to Kittle is where they're going to do their damage, San Francisco, because they're not great defending tight ends, the Packers. They do have some issues with that. Kittle was pretty quiet last week against Dallas because why? because they could run the football all game down Dallas's throat. I think Kittle's going to be more of a factor here. From a prop standpoint, George Kittle's definitely someone I'm targeting. And we talked about San Francisco, though, being in a very bad spot after winning as an underdog uh, last week. And history repeats itself all the time, guys. We told you last week, 12 of the last 14 years at a wild card, at least one outright uh, underdog. You know, there was one outright underdog winner. Well, going back since 1998... The wild card underdog winners are six and thirty straight up. Going back the last nine years, they're one and fourteen straight up. That's the role the Niners are in. More of a battle next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, listen, I need some cash. What for? I just need it, that's all. Oh, no. Don't tell me. You're gambling again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. What? Like that anger management class, you're betting again. Damn right we are. Damn right we are. I am Rancy. We're kicking it. Ian Cameron uh, with us, one of the ice guys uh, and uh, more. Uh, throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Grid Radio Networks, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. So as I discussed going into the break, San Francisco 49ers, a team that we loved last week against Dallas in a very tough spot right now. Wild card teams that won as an underdog in a division round going back to 1998 are 6-30 straight up. 6-30 and 30 straight up. We talked about the point spread, though. They're 13-23 and 23 against the spread. Um, last nine seasons, 1-14 straight up it's not pretty if you're san francisco babano like you're you're trying to do something only one team has done in the last uh 15 years essentially and that's win win is win is an underdog in the wild card then go on the road and win as a dog again 
one and nine, uh, one Leslie said a one and fourteen the last nine last uh, nine years, Babano. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, that isn't good. There's no doubt it's a situational advantage for Green Bay. There's no question about that. That's why this is a hard game. But I can tell you what, I'll, I'll take an absolute piece of San Francisco if this line holds around six and a half. I just think the matchup is still good enough for the Niners that they can at least keep this like down to the wire at the end. To me, I see Green Bay by three. That's honestly how I see this. I see a three or four point win for Green Bay. I think it wouldn't shock me if they win it. I think they probably will. But it's just I'm, there's too many there's too many flaws with Green Bay to me down the stretch. The run defense started to have issues again. The special teams was poor. They're giving up almost a midfield stripe on every starting possession or a lot of starting possessions for the opposing offense. It's a late part of the year too. Kick coverage was terrible late in the year for Green Bay. So if you give Jimmy G and the 49ers shorter fields, it's going to make it even more difficult to cover a number like this when you're almost laying a touchdown. So maybe the extra t- weeks off is going to help to. Uh, shore up some of these problems and flaws for the Packers. But, no, to me, there's enough here that Warren, I think the Niners may be hanging around. All right. All right. Stand, standing your ground. I get it. I get it. All right. Los Angeles Rams get three here. Total 48 and a half in this, in this football game. And here's another one where we, here's another rematch, right? There's been a lot of this, right, this year, these rematches in the playoffs. So we've got a rematch uh, here between the Rams and the Buccaneers. This was like Matt Stafford's best game. Like, you know, it was early in the year, albeit, but Stafford absolutely lit it up against the um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier this season through four touchdown passes. You go back to last year as well. They beat them last year as well. So they beat them last year, 27-24. That game was in Tampa Bay. Then they beat them September the 26th. Uh, 34-24. Actually, you know what's crazy? That's the same damn day that Green Bay played San Francisco, uh, September the 26th, uh, ironically enough. So, And the Rams beat them then. So Brady's 0-2 here as, as a Buccaneer against the Rams. He's 0-2, but this is the game that matters. And Brady, you know, <laughs> it's Tom Brady, we, we all know about when it, when it counts and it matters. It's a little bit different uh, with this guy. But all kidding aside, the Rams stylistically match up great. Uh, with Tampa Bay, we know about Tampa Bay's depleted offensive corp uh, right now. Uh, the Rams are about as healthy as they're going to be, all things considering. I know their safety situation isn't ideal, uh, but even there, they're getting healthier, and they've got their they've got two running backs right now. Stafford is good. Stafford's okay. I think you know we talked about it last week, guys. We're all critical of the Rams all the time, but they are a twelve and five football team now, thirteen and five football team. They do have a, a they have a ton of talent, man. And when their defense is bringing it and their defense is playing angry and they're dialed in and they're not, like, pointing fingers at each other, they're, they're scary. And you saw what Vaughn Miller brought to the table the other night, Babano. That's what they brought him in for, right? It was a little slow to get going, but Vaughn Miller looks like he's got a spark now right now. Aaron Donald up the middle can cause problems, and he has before. Like I said, there's just a lot to like. Tampa secondary is shaky. They're going to have a hard time dealing with Beckham and Cooper Cup. As long as Matt Stafford doesn't throw like three interceptions, which I don't think he will, the Rams win this game in my opinion. I know it's dangerous and bold going against Tom Brady in the playoffs, and this guy's a freaking killer in the playoffs, man. And this is Brady's uh, Brady's career numbers, guys, uh, in the playoffs. He's uh, now 35-11 and 11 straight up. 35 and 11 straight up. And he's 25, 20 and one against the spread, though, only. So uh, we should note that. But I'm telling you, Babano, I stand my ground. The Rams win this game outright. What are you doing with this one? Yeah, this is, this is the most difficult one because I, I, I am not betting against Tampa Bay at this number. I'm sorry. Two and a half, three at home. They, they've just been a, a terror at it's home. Three, Babano, it's three, Babano. It's three. It's yeah. three. It's not two and a half. It's yeah. three. They've been a terror at home all year. Uh, they've been just magnificent. And this offensive line looks like it's going to be a lot healthier than we thought. Remember, Tristan Wirfs got injured early in the Philly game in a walking boot, uh, but it looks like he's trending toward being back. Uh, Arians is saying a game-time decision, but it's looking better for him. Leonard Fournette's practicing, which is big, I think, for this game for the uh, Buccaneers because, remember, they were down to Gio Bernard and, uh, and, and, and basically their third and fourth running backs the last week. So that's significant. The way I look at this is how much do we give the Rams credit for Monday night? 
And how much do we say that was ill-prepared Arizona, that was an Arizona team that fell apart down the stretch, that was Cliff Kingsbury in his first game in the playoffs as a head coach, just having his team ill-prepared and a bad game plan and all that. Because I think that was part of it. That was not all, oh, the Rams were just phenomenal and just outstanding. Not in my mind. So I think there's still some proving ground here for this uh, Rams team. Uh, They're very uh, run-heavy. We know that. They're not going to be able to run it as well against Tampa Bay's defensive front. And Stafford, yeah, the secondary's got issues, but Stafford's got back problems. And I think that's part of the reason why they ran the football a lot as well against that, and they had a big lead. But, you know, he's still got some back issues that have caused interceptions. And there's going to be a lot more, I think, from the defensive front of Tampa Bay thrown at Matt Stafford than anything Arizona did. Uh, on Monday night. So can he hold up? He didn't make any mistakes Monday night, but now you're on the road. Now you're in Tampa. You've got a good defensive front. You're going to have to navigate. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And like I said, on the other side, you know, when I look at it, the Rams safeties were there to be exposed by Kyler Murray and the Cardinals last week. They couldn't. Um, Brady won't have that mistake. And what I really worry about is when you're beleaguered in the safety spot, you've got a guy that's been retired playing in that spot, Eric Weddle, you attack it over the middle, and who do you have play. to do that? Oh, yeah. Who? Weddle. They didn't need him. Like he, well, just, he, running. Yeah, they, they thought about he, using he, him, yes. They didn't need him. Like they, they just they played the kids. They didn't need him, right? They signed him. It they, wasn't yeah, like he was going to be starting him. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. but they're, they're still beleaguered there with Rapp and where they've got Jordan Fuller down there. And Rob Gronkowski is the kind of guy that could, you know, and Cameron Brait for that matter because they use both tight ends. That could really be a problem for the Rams in this game. I don't doubt you that the Rams were good last week, and the Rams beat Tampa Bay and had no problems moving the ball. But that was in L.A. earlier this year. Tampa Bay has just been a different group this year. And I'll be honest, I was hoping for more points with the Rams than just this. Uh, So, yeah, I I thought for sure I was going to be on the Rams. I'll be honest. That, that, That three, can't do it. In fact, I'm probably leaning the other way at this number. I would only look. I can't 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 go against Tom Brady in Tampa. Only laying three at home in a playoff game against the Rams team on a short week on a Monday night, and I think Stafford's issues could be back in the forefront here against look a much better defensive front than I think he saw maybe on Monday night. Yeah, the short week stuff. They're playing Sunday, Monday, and Sunday. Do you really think that matters? At this time, like when they take the field, you know what I mean, with the adrenaline? Like, you know well, it's more so the West Coast team traveling east, too, on a short week. If it was an East Coast team, it wouldn't be a big deal. But you got that yeah, three I don't. Three. Yeah, I don't really. I don't. Not everyone's like you, Babano, that goes to sleep a month in advance when you know you're going on vacation for a time zone. <laughs> as, 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 as we know you did. You know what also bothers uh, me, you, too? So you start to adjust. Cool. But you brought up no, you brought up Stafford though, but all can he navigate. He threw four touchdowns against them last time he played against these guys. Yeah, early in the year in LA. And and but by the way, that's not since he's had these back issues. These back issues that have that's really where these interceptions. He's had back issues for five Stafford. years. But they're they're you know, he's he's going through more pain with it now, so I'm reading. You know, it's it, yeah. He's had them for years. There's no these are chronic issues he's had for many seasons. No, not there's you're 100 percent right there. But apparently, the pain of it, it's just it's 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 gotten worse. It's been exacerbated here these last few weeks, and that's really apparently when the back issue started to become worse. Coincided with all the interceptions he's had late in the year. And like I said, Tampa Bay's front, it's no joke. Look what they did to the Eagles. They destroyed it last week, and the Eagles' offensive line have been playing well second half of the year so and I don't like the idea too of going against Brady and the Bucks here when Brady lost to this team you know earlier this year and handed him one of the worst I think losses they had in the regular season when they lost in LA that just that that mindset of him to you know exterminate a team that beat him earlier this year it's not something I'm thrilled to go against you know what I mean <laughs> I got it no I, I listen it's Tom Brady I totally I just you know, I, people said the same thing about Belichick last week, though, too, right? Every week is different. Like I said, I believe in what Aaron Donald's. I like Aaron Donald's attitude. So, yeah, Tom Brady's great. This is a new year. So that no one's won yet. <laughs> like, it's a new, you know I mean? They're, they're, I just don't think Tampa, and I don't think Kansas City, we'll get to this one, too. I think they're both vulnerable. They were both in the Super Bowl last year. It's incredibly hard to get back to the Super Bowl again. It's amazing the KC might get there three years in a row. We'll see if they pull it off. But to me, Tampa... You can you can get them. 
Everything I can't disagree with you talked about about messing with Tom Brady. It obvious, it's obvious. And the concern with Stafford is always going to be there, right? It just is. I mean, the guy never won a playoff game in his life until last week. Yet, you know, I mean, he can make a mistake. I th- to me, the Rams' defense is going to be the difference. I think they're going to terrorize Tom Brady. I really do. I think they're going to get to Tom Brady, and they're going to force Tampa to play from behind. And they'll put Stafford in a comfortable situation. I don't think Sean McVay 1 million percent trust uh, Matt Stafford and they want to run the football and not be a pass first team but a run first team if they can get away with it. And I think they're going to try to do it and we'll see if they can run the ball on Tampa. And even that, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on Tampa. Maybe I'm much underestimating the Bucks, but I think the Rams go in there and win the game outright. All right, the Buffalo Bills getting one and a half at Bano, not three and a half, four and a half, two and a half, one and a half uh, against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. What's your opinion on this one now? Sometimes it's just time for a team to take that next step, and I think it's the Bills' time to do that uh, here on Sunday. Uh, Look, Kansas City in the second half was a different team. I know the Buffalo beatdown over Kansas City on Sunday night football early in the year was when the Chiefs weren't right at the time. They weren't playing their best football. That being said, Kansas City the last couple weeks – Pittsburgh last week, which is a team that's just got, you know, an absolute ton of issues. Denver the week before, and I didn't think they played a great football game in that one. The way I saw Buffalo defend, run the football, the physicality in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, showed me they're ready to take it to the Chiefs. I know we're running up to our next break, but I'm going to believe in Buffalo here. They lost a painful one last year. They weren't ready to beat Kansas City in that AFC championship game. I think this team and this coaching staff has learned some things, and they're ready for a different outcome on Sunday. If not now, when? (laughs) That's what what I would say if I was McDermott. If not now, when? And go out there and punch him in the mouth. More of a battle on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We rolling. It's level two. Ian Cameron, I came abandoned with us. Just for the record, we were talking about the Rams safety situation. I I mean, you know, I could be crazy, whatever. I'm not the team doctor, though, so. But I think Taylor Rapp is going to play. But he didn't practice today. But whatever. At this time of the year, it doesn't really matter about practicing and stuff, right? So if he's good to go, he's going to be able to play. But from what I understand, I think they think he's going to be back. Uh, Fuller, no. But uh, Rapp, yes. Right? Um, So we just want to throw it out there. So before we get you out of here, we're talking about the Buffalo game and um, you and I did the Buffalo Bill game last week. I'm going to be back on at 6 o'clock uh, Eastern on Sunday during the Bills game. Again, it's going to be a crazy night for us on Sunday night. But um, 
Josh Allen, you and I discussed that high rushing yard prop. We're like, wow, 49 and a half, man. It's a lot of you know, a lot of yards for a quarterback and whatever. He nearly got it and you know, right away he ran for 34, whatever, 25 on his first run. And we want to talk about it. These these quarterbacks that can use their legs will be aggressive in must-win situations. And earlier in the day, FanDuel posted this and it was 46 and a half. And I said, oh boy, it's gonna go up. And it has. Right now, Babano, 48 and a half for Josh Allen. And I know it sounds high now, guys, but it's going to go higher because everyone that bets props is going to bet this guy to go over the number. And I think he will go over the number, Babano. He's going to run wild on the Chiefs. That's a great – that's one of the best bets you can make from a player prop standpoint. He had 88 rushing yards in the AFC Championship game uh, last year, even though they lost. And after the success he had and the commitment they had having him run the football against New England as a running quarterback, the Chiefs' run defense all year was mediocre. It was not the strength of the defense. They gave up yards to mobile rushing quarterbacks throughout the season. Allen's going to have to be that aggressive running with the football, and I have no reason to doubt he won't won't be here uh, after what we saw last week. So uh, I think the rushing prop's good, and I think it's going to give the Bills a chance because, look, it's going to be harder to throw the football and have time. Chris Jones, the great pass rusher for Kansas City, didn't play in the Sunday night game, so they will be. The pass rush will be better for Kansas City. That's why I think all the more reason Allen's a threat running the football throughout this game. Ian Cameron, good job of battle. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch up with you on the weekend. The Late Night Anger Management Class. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.